Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I am David. And today uh, we actually have our homie guest who is a fellow musician. He's in the in the hip-hop game. I have to give a salutation to him as well. He's in the podcast game as well. We're on 115, and he is over 200. So we're going to keep drinking milk so we can catch up to him. And he's right up our alley. He talks everything uh, with regards to hip-hop, with spirituality, and being your best self and living your best life. Uh, he's interviewed inter- uh, guests such as Jordan Maxwell and others, a wonderful channel. If you get a chance, definitely check him out. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Truth Seeker to the podcast. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Absolutely. Thanks for being here. And to those listening tonight, when I post this happy eve to the laziest day tomorrow in the United States, so everyone out there, happy March Madness. Go Gators and all that good stuff before we get started. (laughs) Are you in the sports game, uh, uh, Trusika? I like to... I like to shoot basketball, but um, as far as keeping up with a lot of it, I don't anymore. I used to when I was younger, you know. But uh, okay. yeah, I don't. I, I try to. Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, are you in Alabama? Yeah, yeah I'm in Alabama. Is. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. All right. We don't usually hear that after January, so that's where it kind of threw me for a loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No worries, no worries. Well, let's go ahead and get started. So, Trisika, uh, one thing that I, I wanted to talk to you about, and we can cover the whole gamut, but uh, of spiritual hip-hop and hip-hop as a whole, I think that from a homie's perspective, we, I always like looking at what somebody's foundation was, what got them into the genre, what type of music they listen to now, has it changed, so on and so forth. So I'd like for you to talk a little bit about yourself but then I, I want to spend some time to go over uh, your hip-hop acumen. Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as influences uh, are concerned, I grew up listening to uh, everything from uh, early gangster rap and then kind of got into, like, you know what I'm saying, No Limit Records and stuff like that, huge No Limit fan uh, as a teenager, and then listening to heavy metal as well, so listening to uh, Metallica, Nirvana, uh, getting a little bit heavier into corn and Marilyn Manson and stuff like that. So I was influenced by all that stuff, and I think it's like an eclectic uh, you know, style that I bring because I still try to use a lot of that stuff in my music. And so the kind of the influences from genres that people in the in, you know what I'm saying in the, in the hip hop game haven't listened to Marilyn Manson in depth or Cold Chamber or some some of the different rock bands. And so some of the different techniques and stuff that they would do. I was influenced by, and I just try to kind of, you know what I'm saying, blend them together a little bit to, to end up forming this unique style that I have. No, I love that. And so, you know, that actually echoes the origin of hip-hop because, you know, they sampled pretty much every genre. You know, I think we're a little older than you, but in the 70s and 80s, there, they, there was no hip-hop, so right? So you were sampling 
uh, all the different genres because at that time radio stations played everything. They didn't just play one type of music. So you had influence with disco, rock and roll, punk rock, you know, from where the BC boys come from. So it's good that you're keeping that tradition with the mashups. Oh, yeah. Nice, yeah, nice. It's, uh, it's just a, uh, uh, you know, eclectic, you know, it's just outside the box wanting to do something different too, you know. Yeah, what's a, so the other good thing is that the well the bad thing that happened I want to say it was the mid 80s is that they started compartmentalizing hip hop and that hip hop it had to be a certain way and so if you weren't gangster at one point you weren't considered hip hop or if you weren't a backpacker you weren't considered hip hop and so some of those others other groups that were playing like heavy metal or punk rock or what have you they were on the fringes and, you know, sometimes that's a badge of honor, but I think as time goes on, you want more of a universal appeal. Uh, what, is, what has your audience been like when you first started versus now? Well, when I first started, I was doing um, gospel rap. So I started out doing, doing music in the church. So um, started out doing that. So as far as the, I'm saying the music's changing, it's, it's still about my spirituality. It's always been about my spiritual walk and stuff like that, but I've never done actually like recording gangster rap or anything like that even though it was like influ- influenced by that stuff it was always like early on instead of like killing people we were killing the devil or killing demons or whatever right so you know, when I started out back in like 2003 of doing music and released my first album in 06 um, you know I used to, used to travel churches and and perform at youth groups and, and travel doing that kind of stuff. And uh, but as far as my spirituality, as far as like that evolving, the uh, you know, saying the lyrical content evolved as well. Stylistically, I got better as an artist and just life experiences and everything. And so it just opened up to where I am now from being in maybe a smaller bubble of like Christian music and only can rap about these couple of subjects. Now I can rap about, you know, everything within spirituality in general and I have all these other terms and all these other names and things like that that I can use. So it's definitely evolved over the years for me. Mm. The, the other fact is you're you're in Alabama. Are you originally from Alabama? Um, I'm actually from New Orleans. So, I, but I've, I've been here since like uh, 2000 for good. So, okay. And the reason why I'm asking, I'm originally from New Jersey. David's from originally from California. And there's greater latitude as far as uh, expression. So that could be from lifestyle, that could be from uh, socialization overall versus mm-hmm. the Bible Belt. And so I was yeah. just wondering when you start out with gospel rap, oh, yeah, he's great for Jesus. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then some of the other stuff when you go to your site, they're like, whoa, this doesn't sound like Jesus <laughs> rap anymore. Yeah, open your third eye and line up the chakras and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, man, it was hard, dude. It was really hard um, transitioning over, like very hard, actually, because I was like a prominent member. I was a Christian evangelist, and like churches would have me out, and, you know, I was kind of a, you know what I'm saying, big name locally in the Christian realm or whatever. And I had a lot mm-hmm. of people under me. I raised up a lot of gospel artists and evangelists and sent them out kind of doing the same thing as well. And so uh, when I started having those other encounters in my personal life and spiritual walk and, you know, finding some other texts that I was getting into and stuff like that and then started to have experiences and, you know, just to be honest, just kind of put that stuff in my music and it was slowly but surely. But 
even like to start with, I was still using the Bible and Christian terms and things like that. I'm still trying to play it safe a little bit, you know, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, eventually it was just like, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was pretty hard. Um, Cause you know, have all this, this whole world, man, this whole realm of people that embraced you and you looked up to you essentially. And now they don't want nothing to do with you. And they're warning their kids and, people to stay away from you because you're, you know, into, you know, saying devil worship or whatever they want to call it, you know, anything that has to do with magic or the occult or chakras or meditation or yoga, anything like that, because I am in the Bible Belt, and it's really crazy. There's a church on every corner, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this, Tusika. Um So has your spirituality, is that something you've been innately aware of your <laughs> your entire life, or did you at some point have an experience that kicked you off into that direction? Like, for example, some people have, like, a near-death experience. When that puts them off into a spiritual path, they start, you know, investigating and checking that out, and that which leads to one thing, to another, to another. So how was it for you? That's pretty much it, man. I can, you know, go back and kind of comb over my life and, and see those those near-death experiences and those paranormal experiences, you know. But, um, you know, for me, it actually, like, you know what I'm saying, the first one I had was when I was a little kid. I was, like, four years old, and I remember it. I was just being pinned down to my bed by those shadow beings, those those entities in the middle of the night. So having something like that happen to me at a young age, I wanted answers growing up. I was asking friends and cousins, hey, have y'all ever had this happen? And at parties and sleepovers and people looking at you kind of crazy, but then somebody's like, yeah, I've heard of those. Those are actually called witches and they're here to help you they're angels they're not bad you know you hear all this different lore and stuff about that but it it lit a fire within me from an early age from you know what i'm saying so that kind of drew me into you know horror movies and science fiction and stuff and um eventually into occult um you know books and things like that getting into the satanic bible um anything i can get my hands on really and uh so yeah like because I was on that path and, and seeking those type of encounters and wanting answers, hence the name Truth Seeker, you know. So I, um, you know, started having, you know, different encounters when I was a kid and then having other paranormal experiences uh, with, like, shadow beings and elementals and stuff and getting involved in that. And so it, I can pretty much comb back and from, like, each supernatural encounter that really changed me you know it lit something within me to know that there was something real on the other side and it really just kind of drew me in yeah i'm also thinking with new orleans uh, you do have uh, uh, a safer environment to actually kind of explore some of that i mean there's a lot of history there and when you talk about uh, witches or you talk about salem i know that part of the uh what you call it, when they were escaping Salem and, and the, the the trials and tribulations, a lot of them headed to New Orleans. So there's a lot of ancestral energy yeah. in New Orleans. Were, were you able to, or do you still reach out to your comrades in New Orleans that can give you or give you a safer place or space to be yourself? Um, really, you know, what I'm saying New Orleans represents to me like the dark times of my my life. I mean, I was a uh, you know what I'm saying, misguided teen getting into this stuff too early on. So uh, we we would go to New Orleans, you know, not to drink, not to party. We would go as teenagers to go to the witchcraft shops uh, on uh, you know, Bourbon Street 
Marie Laveau's, mm-hmm. uh, Yesteryears, these different stores that they have all down there. With all, they got altars in there and just tons of books and wands and all types of crazy stuff. So we would travel, you know what I'm saying, to New Orleans to go there, but I, we would actually steal books out of there and, uh, and stuff. So we would steal stuff from it. So um, I was into a lot of dark stuff, man. And so when I was into that kind of stuff, I ended up, like, getting in over my head with the occult and witchcraft and making packs with entities unknowingly. And I ended up getting possessed, man, demonically possessed, and uh, um, had, had, to, had to start going to church. I uh, needed prayer and um, got my, my girlfriend at the time to pray for me. We ended up going in the phone books, calling all these churches, asking, you know, for a pastor to pray with me because I was just being pulled in and out of trances during the day. I couldn't control it, uh, seeing spirits and, and entities that – colors and shapes would pull me in and out of trances and try to talk to me, but they wasn't speaking English, and it was just more than I could handle as a teenager, opening up portals to the other side, and uh, so I needed prayer, and eventually we called all these churches, and one pastor called me back and uh, ended up coming to the house to uh, to pray with me, and uh, started picking us up, bringing us back and forth to church, and so that was in uh, uh, September of 2000 that uh you know that whole experience happened but I was in over my head so that was kind of like my transition from like you know what I'm saying the negative side of spirituality or or, or uh, satanism occultism whatever I can get my hands on really to more of a positive side and it started off in the church and that's when I became the gospel rapper and minister you know versus to where I am today that whole journey uh, I'm glad you actually highlighted that because uh, one, I, I didn't want to laugh, but if, if you're going to steal, you, you don't steal from a psychic shop because <laughs> you don't know what yeah, energy know, right? associated with. <laughs> yeah. the energy that's associated with those locations. Um, but the but other yeah, part they got that, signs up and everything too. There's signs that says you know uh, that that spirits are attached to all their belongings. We've done rituals, so don't think you're going to get away. They have signs letting you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the whole the whole thing with me that, that really, you know, stuck out was I had a friend of mine who was like a mentor years ago, and he he was a warlock, and uh, he was a lot older than us, and uh, he would teach us different rituals and, and, you know, teach us about the occult and stuff, and I stole something from him. And mm. uh, he was so powerful within his craft, like he was able to summon an elemental spirit that actually manifested in the physical realm to get his belongings back. And uh, it kind of haunted us for, for, I don't know, months, maybe even years later. And, uh, yeah, that was a mistake, stealing from a mm. warlock as well. So, yeah, you definitely <laughs> don't want to mess with people who deal with those type of arts, you know. It's try, yeah. They're trying to rip people off anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to laugh. But, I, it's it's you know, you learned your lesson, so I think that's the important part. But the, the reason why I asked that question and the reason why I wanted to stay here for a second is, you know, once upon a time, you had to either go to the psychic shop or find a school or, like, I've had training, David, David's had training, and the difference is today, you can kind of go on YouTube and get some hints and such, and then people are just getting themselves in so much trouble just because they don't have a, a foundation, so initially they may kind of say, yeah, I'm going to steal this book or I'm going to watch this 20-minute YouTube video and I'm going to start doing this and then they just get themselves yeah. in a whole world of trouble yep yeah that's exactly what happened i started doing all of them just because i knew the other side was real like i had enough experiences to to know that 
you know, demons are real, spirits are real, you know, that something is over there, then and if, if I got good enough like that warlock, then I could actually summon a physical entity, you know what I'm saying, to have a protection spell on my belongings or whatever. And I wanted to get like that and um, started doing all of these different rituals, like back-to-back. I didn't even care. Like if one didn't work, I'd do the next one. And I'd lay on the bed and do these different chants and rituals trying to open up my mind just for something to come through. And then it was almost like a portal opened up and they all came through at one time. And it was uh, way too much to handle. So, Dave, you want to talk a little bit about you may be psychic or crazy? <laughs> you might be well that that was you might be psychic not crazy was um kind of a uh, it was a lecture that a, a a teacher way back in the day used to do he used to call it you might be psychic not crazy because people would be experiencing all kinds of things that they couldn't explain and might were general population might say oh yeah that person's crazy but really it was a spiritual problem that they were having and because of his clairvoyant abilities, he could see that. And so he was able to help a lot of people that, uh, you know, the doctors and others weren't able to help because he recognized it as a spiritual problem. So he could, you know, put them back into the body, kick all those spirits out, and then he would teach them how to be senior in the body, be senior to all those the spirits so they could have their space back. So he he would tie he titled the um, the lectures you might be psychic not crazy, and those were back in the like 70s and 80s when he was doing these lectures. So that's what yeah. kind of Hamza was talking about, yeah. Yeah, that's a I mean that's a huge inspiration about what I'm doing with the podcast, you know, of of me going through that those experiences of needing somebody to talk to and then not having yeah. anyone. You know, and I would call in the podcast. I'd listen to interviews like this one, and I would try to call in, and I would just listen to hours and hours, just trying to make sense of what what was going on. You know, yeah. uh, in, in the uh, in the um, you know, what I'm in the, in the whole realm of the spirit or whatever. And so that's kind of what you know, what I'm saying motivates me with the the, the the you know, what I'm saying the whole uh, scrutiny and ridicule that I got from the church and all that. It's all been worth it because I've been able to help people who they've kind of combed over or kind of looked over, you know what I'm saying, as far as being a little bit out there or, you know, schizophrenic or whatever. Uh, it's, a, it's it's really hard, though, because I get a lot of those people, man, and I, I, look, I say to myself, like, man, my, like, you know what I'm saying, all the messages in my in, inbox are hard to, a lot of them are hard to fathom, you know, because there's just people that's all over the place and wanting to come on the podcast and they're the greatest miracle worker of them all and they were ready for an audience and I'm like you know you get a lot of weirdos and people who want to meet you in the astral realms tonight when we go to sleep or say they've, they've been trying to visit you at night and in the spirit and you get you really do get a lot of people who are you know mentally ill and it's a it's a fine line there though and it's it's really hard to call it all the time because it's like I make it, it's kind of you know you got to kind of laugh at some of this stuff sometimes it, it is serious though but it's like what if these people are telling the truth, you know? I get people hitting me up saying that they are, you know, the Archangel Michael reincarnated and they are Jesus or Thomas from the Bible. All of these weird, grandiose ideas or whatever. One lady tells me she's my mother from a past life. And I was I was like, I don't I don't think you are. She's like, you don't believe me? You were always stubborn in the, in the past life, Eric, and I'm here to guide you. And I'm like, look, I, I'm sorry, I don't 
I just don't believe it. You're going to have to, like, prove it or something. She's like, Derek, you know, you don't have to make fun of me. So I said, I'm sorry. And she said something. I was like, okay, Mom, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> but what if we get to the other side? You know, what if we get to the other side and we see God face-to-face and it's like, you know, we at, you, we talk to him and say, you know, I sent the Archangel Michael to you, and you turned, you turned him away. I sent your mother to guide you. You sent her away. You know, you're having all these people. It gets it gets overwhelming, man. It really does. And I, I try to make sense out of it. Um, it's hard. It really is. I don't know how. I really don't know how. It's overwhelming if I was to try to get to the bottom of every one of these people and, and stuff, you know. But uh, I don't know if y'all have had to deal with a lot of that at all. But it gets when you when your name gets out there, it definitely gets overwhelming. One thing yeah. that I think about it, and David, you share your two cents, but you know that that was some of the or the training that we got as far as like protection and and just keeping certain energies out of your space because, uh, like you're saying, the the dark is attracted to the light, and so once you start yeah. doing something in in third dimension, there's a lot of I mean, there's nothing but contrast. So yeah. if you were someone that wasn't like that anymore, and you want to change, and then you know, all that's kind of showing up at one time. So there's ways that you can actually control some of it. You can't control all of it, right, because we don't yeah. e- that control ego. But there are some ways that you can kind of limit all types of highway energy and just make it like a, a, a one-lane highway for you. Yeah. You can slow some of it down. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good as far as like balancing my own energies and, and having my own encounters and making sure everything's good. But it's usually like it's like the other people, like the energies that they have, you know what I'm saying, and um and them coming through and trying to, you know, they they're they're you know looking for somebody to talk to, and then they hear somebody talking about DNA activation and third eye, and they're into that, and they try to you know, I don't know, I've got it's it can be dangerous too, man. We've had to go like um put out restraining orders on people and stuff like that. Like this one woman uh, was hitting me up and calling me and um, said that uh, I was the god Odin reincarnated and she was supposed to be sitting here to be my queen and uh, and I'm I'm happily married with a with a family and everything and uh, yeah she's just like she's contacting everybody on my friends list everybody who listens oh. to my podcast and it wow. is really and she was like saying that my wife is you know on dangerous grounds and God is going to kill my wife and all kind of just crazy like okay yeah I don't think I don't it just it got really weird, man. You know, and and uh, you know, I think I think it comes with the territory, though. You know, I don't think it's nothing about me personally, but um, I think that you could look up any of these uh, anybody who has a platform, especially talking about in, anything really when it comes to religion or spirituality, because I dealt Absolutely. with these type of people in the churches as well. So there's like a, a breeding ground, but they instead of all of this other stuff, they put God told me this or. You know, God told me that, or Jesus told me this. Jesus told me you were my husband. You know, those th- that stuff goes on in the churches too, and it's just like the, sp- the spiritual spirituality are like really open. It becomes a breeding ground for a lot of these different people to kind of find the acceptance or whatever. You know. And I'm glad you made the distinction too. So, uh, let me play devil's advocate for a second. So, with with this space, there's a lot of of oh shadow governments and you know they're the cult they're keeping things from us now going through some of your experiences and obviously this isn't the end of the road for either one of us that's why we're talking so we're going to continue on this path but based off of your experience do you think they have a point as to slowly 
releasing some of this information because when people are drinking from a fire hose, you get the experiences that you're encountering. Um, so I'm just trying to see what you're trying to say, like, um, like almost like targeted individuals or something like that? Is that kind of what you're No, I'm saying that, um, oh, Joe, did you hear what just happened? And this is the this is the symbolism of this and that, right? And so they're keeping this information from us. I mean, on some level, yeah. there is some level of control. I'm not saying they don't exist, but I'm saying when people access the Internet <laughs> – <laughs> and they don't have any foundation. I mean, look at the experiences you're getting and, and others are like you are getting. Yeah. Um I don't I don't know, man. It's um I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, man. There's a lot of, you know, fear-based stuff. There's a lot of um you know, you, you need to have you need to have someone to show you how to do it. You know, and the whole thing with me, I've always you kind of have to uh, you know give the warnings and stuff like that because messing with this type of information can definitely be dangerous. It's all not like light and love, you know. But uh, but at the same time, you don't want to uh, stifle exploration in the spirit realm, you know, or tell people just to you know what I'm saying stay away from it because so and so had bad luck you know, with it. And that's what I was doing in the Christian realm. Don't mess with candles. Don't mess with incense. Don't mess with meditation. And then you'll see those videos and those people who are saying that now on YouTube mm-hmm. and they've had bad experiences with anything spiritual, UFO, paranormal, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So they just base everything off of those experiences. So, um, and it, 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 it really does come down to the individual because just like that, like I can, any one of us could do a video about, coming out of the, the church and um, how bad bad it was and the pedophiles in the church and the money scandals going on and the pastor sleeping around. We could do videos on different, you know what I'm saying, doctrines and denominations. And then someone else can go go to church and have a beautiful encounter. You know, mm-hmm. same thing with, with kundalini yoga. You're going to see videos. People say they got possessed doing kundalini yoga. Other people say they've seen the face of God and found spiritual freedom doing kundalini, uh, you know kundalini yoga. So I think it's just, uh, it's different for the individual. Like, it really is. It comes down it to, is. like, you know what I'm saying, you having your own encounters and your own experiences. Absolutely. Well, I just wanted to play devil. I agree with you. I just wanted to play devil's advocate there. Because uh, there is some point of contention with uh, letting all that out. And um, sometimes yeah, I mean, everyone well, can't drink from at, the whole. Yeah, if we look at, uh, you know, the secrets of the Masons and the way they protected it and all these other, you know, secret organizations, they, they kept this stuff hidden for a reason, you know, just like the book of Eli or whatever, like whoever has the knowledge of the book and whoever finds out how to use it, they can use it, you know, to their own gain or to their own I'm saying detriment or whatever. And, uh, but I don't, you know, I don't know. It's pretty much like if you, if, if you seek it, you'll find it. And it's not about like proselytizing, even, even for me, like I try, I, it's not like I'm trying to convince some anybody of anything. It's like, hey, this is my story. This is what's happened to me, and you know, and, and, and as long as you're just kind of being open, open with it, sharing it, you're gonna find those people. You know, what I'm saying that it resonates with, and it's not like proselytizing anymore. Like that's what I did in Christianity. I tried to, you know, convince people, and hey, this is the right way, and this is it, or whatever. And like, you know, we're just trying to make sense of everything, you know. And um, there's people who come from all walks of life, and they've got their piece of the puzzle, and try to put it together and see see what it makes, you know. Absolutely.
So I wanted to change gears a little bit. I did listen to some of your tracks. I, I really enjoyed Inner Reaches of Outer Space. And yeah, that's so, one of my favorites, yeah. Is it? Yeah, because I, I wanted you to talk a little bit about uh, what was what made you write that and what was the inspiration? Um, a couple of things, really. Um, you know, the sample at the beginning is, is from a lecture from Joseph Campbell, who, uh, you know, really goes into detail about the hero's journey and things like that and, and meditation and the dream state and symbolism and stuff. So we used him for the intro and outro. Um, the lyrics, so a lot of my stuff is still kind of um, God-oriented or God-centered. So even, like, the chorus itself almost sounds like a worship song even, you know, and I have a bunch of my stuff like that because it's still the expression towards God, um, encountering the divine and being protected by the hand of, of God, the father, the mother, whatever aspect, but just being connected with with the prime creator, that source, right? So there's like the level of adoration. So the, definitely the course, uh, you know what I'm saying, embodies that. But as far as the, the verses and stuff go, my friend Watchman is on the first verse, and I'm on the uh, course in, in second verse, and my friend Stephen the Voice Cook is on the, the pre-chorus. And so that song is almost like a, is like a monument almost from a um, psilocybin, um, you know what I'm saying, mushroom encounter that we had on a men's retreat, which was phenomenal and pretty much changed our lives. So in, when we did the video, um, we tried to embody some of that stuff in the video as well, some of those experiences. And in my verses, I'm kind of just dropping some nuggets here and there about, you know, Amanita and seeing spirits and stuff like that. So it talks about a lot of – I'm mentioning almost everything in there, Kundalini, um, you know what I'm saying, and – so it's just it's just a little bit of everything, but that song is like a monument because it was right after the uh, the psilocybin encounter. So it really means a lot to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did you hear about Oregon? They're actually in the process of uh, legislating the to decriminalize psilocybin in in the state of Oregon. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, that's going to be awesome, man. Um, I just found out recently. I didn't know this, but supposedly. Everything I found online, sources said yes, but supposedly um, it's it's legal to buy and ship Amanita muscaria in the U.S. Like that particular strain. Are you? I don't know about that one. Dude, everything I found online, all the yeah, I've had I actually had some friends of mine some time ago when I was getting you know what I'm saying first getting into this, and they would send me websites where they bought their stuff from. I'm like, hell no, I'm not buying. I'm not ordering those. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Schedule one off of the internet. You know, hell no. Um, right. But, but anyway, he sent me that years ago, and then I was looking up Soma, trying to see what it. You know what I'm saying? What was Soma that the? Uh, you know what I'm saying? The uh, the um the uh, Hindus and the yogis would 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 drink in darkness, and it's come to find out that that you know most sources are saying that it it's a it's a blend of like some type of tea, whether it be chamomile and um. Amanita muscaria, so I was kind of seeing where I can get it, looking it up, and everything I was finding online, man, was saying that it was legal in the U.S. Oh, wow. Yeah, you should look so we'll, it up. Yeah, we're going to put an asterisk in the description <laughs> for people listening and you looking gotta for look it. you got to look yes. into it. you got to look into it. Yes. <laughs> for sure. Uh, let me ask you, I, I've never done it, and I've always heard about uh, meeting the lady. So does that have – 
resonate with you at all? Um, some of my friends have have had that experience with the mm-hmm. with the lady. Mine um, was I coined the, the you know the whole term. You know, what I'm saying the Golden Teachers. We got a song called the Golden Teachers as well. Uh, that was the strain of psilocybin that we did, and um, and you're definitely being uh, guided, especially if you go into it with intention of like, you know, what I'm saying doing that inner work, that inner healing. Um, looking for the next phase in life, needing some directions or whatever, going in like we were doing chanting and we were fasting and all that kind of stuff, but we did it and uh, we were definitely led by a higher power and it it was you know it was like leading us, guiding us. We, it was all timed, it was synced, like we would come in and out together and see similar things and it was like a roller coaster of waves that would come. And uh, it was really interesting, man. It was life-changing, but it was definitely being led by something higher that was communicating with you about your life and about your stuff that you that you have going on. Like, if whatever you're dealing with, you're trying to suppress it, you can't. Like, you're going to have to deal with it. And it's a good thing, though, you know. So, uh, But as far as meeting a woman, I, there was no, like, figures or whatever, um, mm-hmm. but you're definitely being guided by, by something, you know. Something beautiful, too. It wasn't wasn't negative at all absolutely well and i think that one point that you mentioned and i'm a little bit out of my depth since i haven't done it so I, I can't share the experience with you but i'm thinking it's all around the intention so if you're like i don't know what's going to happen i might get yep. the shit scared out of me it might be yep. a bad trip right yep yep i had a friend of mine so, he um he, he he wanted to do it again like uh you know what i'm saying the following week and i was like no way this is going to take me months to really unpack all this information and apply mm-hmm. it to my life and, and do the, you know what I'm saying, the inner work that I got from this. Uh, one of the guys, he went out next week with some different friends at a party, and he tried to do the same thing, and they had to, he was in like a, a like a, um, a subdivision uh, house with some people. They had the door propped wide open, playing like really loud uh, rock metal music. He was in a bathroom mm-hmm. freaking out, having a bad encounter. Like, it's set and setting is huge when it comes to that. That's why when you look at all the, the different, you know what I'm saying, ayahuasca retreats and stuff like that, you have a shaman, someone there who, who's there to actually guide you through it and make sure you're comfortable, make it, making sure everybody's okay versus just going to a party and dropping acid, watching crazy movies and stuff like that on TV, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Along those lines, yeah. let me ask you, with uh, with uh, fifth and sixth and the higher dimensions, uh, the density is a lot uh, freer. It's not as heavy as the third dimension. And yeah. as you mentioned, it's different if you're trying to trip and you're listening to, like, heavy metal and such. So what is your take on hip-hop as a whole and metal music when you come down? Because it is lower-density music. It just depends. Um, I listen to a little bit of everything, man. I really do. I listen to everything from beautiful, like, acoustic worship gospel music all the way to like Manson. So I still listen to that. And there's different moods and different times to listen to it. Right? I don't listen to that kind of stuff all the time. Um, and I try not to listen to too much, you know what I'm saying, derogatory stuff or negative stuff. There's a lot of a lot of this stuff as legalizations coming up and then the Internet and all this kind of stuff is just all in the forefront. There's a lot of artists who are starting to do music and put a lot of the stuff in, in, in their music, whether it be hip-hop or metal. Um so you have people who uh, even, like, i got a lot of my fans who kind of say, hey, you remind me of so-and-so. One of the groups they mention is a group called the Underachievers, and they're talking about 
getting lifted, smoking weed, uh, opening up the third eye, aligning the chakras. We are the gods of Egypt, and they're dropping knowledge and stuff. But then in the same breath, they're talking about having sex with multiple groupies and beating people up. And it's, it's, and it's, it's popular, though. It's way popular than what, what, you know what, I'm saying, what I'm doing. It appeals to the masses. And the beats are different. It's more of a club feel. But there's so much use of the ancient knowledge and stuff, but they're just throwing it out there. And people try to say, man, I love you. I listen to you and them. I'm like, hold on. Don't get it twisted. I don't, like, I don't condone all of that stuff, right? So um, there's a mixture there, you know what I'm saying, um, mm-hmm. as far as that goes. So I don't even like I don't even like that. Some people say, well, at least they're getting this stuff out there. At least, you know, new people are hearing about the third eye or whatever. And, this, uh, you know, they call it the uh, the indigo movement or whatever. And so mm-hmm. they were actually featured on the, the, the Vice uh, Indigo documentary that came out, the Star Seeds and all that kind of stuff. But, um I, even though I listen to a lot, a lot of different stuff. As far as like, if if I'm going to listen to my spiritual music, I want it to be spiritual. I don't want to be, you know, trying to uplift myself and do work on my spirit or put me in a good mood or whatever. Then they're talking about having sex and gang fights and stuff in in the same uh, in the same breath, you know. I was just wondering of this, and I think David, you had something you were chomping at the bit, so I don't want to. If we want to stay right here for a second, it's fine. No, no, no. I, I was just gonna ask you. So, where, where is, you know, you grew up in the, you know, in the church when you were real young, but with, in regards to your immediate family, where is everyone at now with what you're doing, the kind of work you're doing now? Are they comfortable with it, or are you an outcast? Or no, like when I, um, I mean, when I turned my life around and got in the church, they like my, I know my mom and my grandmother, they, they were all happy for me, and they were like, uh. Some take credit for it, you know. Yeah, I took them to church. I let them stay with me, you know. And I come, I come from a really, you know, what I'm saying, broken family or whatever. And a lot of people addicted and in prison and things like that, working in bar rooms and stuff. So, um, you know, that was one thing they were all proud of me. Everybody was proud of me. We go to the family reunion, and I, you know, I would come from, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in the church. I mean, I was a teenager. Teenager when I got into uh, this stuff, I was like 16 when I really made that that uh you know what I'm saying, decision or whatever, and uh, everybody was happy, you know, everybody was happy, and then even though the weird thing, you know, I'm, even though I'm into as far as, like, the spirituality has evolved or whatever over the years, I mean, they're still pretty much there just because, like, I'm holding it down, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, you know, I guess, I guess they see the fruit, I'm a good person or whatever, and they they all have those bigger questions and stuff, too, you know, they've all seen UFOs and seen demons and that stuff, and I'm, I just talk about it openly and freely, you know, so, um, you know, you know what I'm saying? Even though I'm into a lot of stuff, like, my faith and my foundation really hasn't, like, changed much as far as, like, through Christ because I understand, like, that's what got me really into, like, you know what I'm saying, my spirituality, that's my anchor, and it allows me to kind of have this foundation there to be able to explore, to be into other things or whatever the case is, but still be connected to, like, the ultimate source in my mind, you know? So um, it kind of wor- it worked for me. So um, even though within my music, like you say, even though we're talking about all this stuff, I'm approaching a lot of it from uh, a Christian mystic perspective. So a lot of the stuff still comes back to the Bible and, you know, like um, the Apostle Paul and Jesus and the disciples were going in and out of trances and bilocation and astral traveling and healing people, Reiki, you know what I'm saying, all this kind of stuff. So 
all of that is still within my music and stuff, and I'm still into it. But for me, the way my mind works, it all goes back to the Bible because that's, like, where, you know, I, that's what I study. Like, that's the, the book I can quote like crazy, you know. So everything still kind of stems back to that for me. Yeah, I guess you could always say that, you know, Jesus was gone when he went out into the wilderness. So when he was visiting those mystery schools, he did learn more than when he left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because when he came back, I mean, when we see him in the scriptures, and he was uh, he was either twelve or thirteen, I can't remember, but when when he came back, uh, he was teaching, he was teaching all the priests and the elders. He was blowing their mind with wisdom and knowledge, and uh, you know, before that, they took him to Egypt, so he hid in Egypt, and then we hear him, you know, being a teenager, back at the temple, blowing everybody's mind, and uh, so yeah, he he knew something, but you know, all the prophets would take take, take those pilgrimages to Egypt, you know. And they were they were all trained on on the knowledge and wisdom of Egypt, so we got to look into that and see see what was going on there. Absolutely. Uh, one thing also is that they started forming relationships, and so I wanted to know your relationships. Where initially you go from, you know, taking books and things you shouldn't have out of psychic bookstores to having relationships with either ancestral beings or spirit guides or other beings, are you able to sustain relationships now, or are you still in the dating phase? Uh, so you talking about with, like, the higher intelligences and stuff and the yeah. beings on yes. the other side? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm, so everything still comes back to God and Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity or whatever, so that's like a foundation. But in and out of that, I believe in that, that the spirits – um, that that aid us and actually guide us on the other side. So I've made connection with the uh, you know what we call the Elohim, which is the, essentially the angels or the you know what I'm saying the watchers or whatever the UFOs. And so I've made connection with them uh, when I go out and, and stargaze and pray. Um, I've I've been able been able to see them and <clears throat> them show up and do all types of aerial you know saying, phenomenon and, and different different stuff in in the night sky that I've been able to see. And that's really what took me to the next level with all this stuff as a as a Christian. And like I, I got to really get into this because I started to have all these encounters with UFOs, and they would show up on command and things like that during, when I would pray, go out that, there and pray in, in the night sky. Like, or I say night sky, it's really the morning sky, like 4 in the morning, and you would see all, all types of stuff. And that really just took my research in the scriptures even deeper, but then again, listening to other lectures and other interviews and things like that with people outside of the church realm. So um, that, that that was really big, right? And um, that and then um, there's, um, you know, there's other, I don't, I, I'm still on the fence about channeling. You know, I have this, um, I put out a, a, you know what I'm saying, a little, um, I don't know if you call it a documentary, but a YouTube video about channeling and, and, the, and the different personas that people are able to kind of tap into when they channel. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of people can do that without channeling. And I think the channel and the other entity or whatever is kind of like a scapegoat so that they can say how they really feel. Um, and it's just a different ways for them to kind of place the blame on something else. But when I, when I really go in deep in prayer, you know, we talk about speaking in tongues in the church and stuff like that. So there's that kind of thing that comes, but there's another level to it to where um, when I go in really deep, I'm able to speak an angelic tongue that sounds like an old Native American, Um, and usually 
when when that comes out is when we're dealing with deliverance, people who are possessed with demons, people who are dealing with like really dark pornography addictions and alcoholism and things like that, crystal meth addiction. So we would be in prayer and I would go in and this old Indian would begin to chant and come out of me. And when I would do, like people would just hit the floor. Um, that person had that spirit within them. They would they would uh, cough it up. And there was been other times like during that same type of experience where like the guy, I don't know if you remember in the movie, uh, The Green Mile, where the big guy um, pulled the spirit, that pretty much that unclean spirit out of Tom Hanks and he kind of, he, he, he uh, took in a, a deep breath and sucked it out of him and then was mm-hmm. able to kind of exhale it and the little, it showed it like little bugs or flies or whatever the case is and so We've been able to do stuff like that with the breath as well to be able to suck it out of the person just with just pretty much with my hand on them, breathing in really deep and then exhaling it out or coughing it out, and then that person finds freedom. And so I don't I can't just say, yeah, that's my great-grandfather. I don't really know who or what that is, but um, it's definitely like an, an old Native American-type chief, and I know that when, when it does come out and, and, and that, that experience happens that – there, it changes the whole atmosphere and vibration of the room, and anything that uh, is trying to show some resistance, maybe something that I can't handle myself, um, they definitely pay attention when that when that experience happens. I don't know who or what that is. I don't know if that's a, a prayer language that we all have deep within. I don't know if it's my ancestors praying through me. I really, I can't, you know, write a book on it. You know. Well, the other thing to to think about is, you know, with uh, your wife before you met her, you asked her some questions and some questions she answered. If she felt you could take it or not, you can have those type of relationships too where they kind of go back and forth. So I don't know how, how, how extensive you've tried that, but you can get, you can build, you can continue to grow your relationship. It's, it's more so what do you want out of it? So. Yeah, I mean, what would you, um, what would you suggest though, like, because, you know, I, I, even though I'm open to exploration, I, I still have to be careful, you know what I'm saying, with like, hey, whatever spirits are out there, let's come, you know, come say hello, you know what I'm saying? So I have to be <laughs> <Sure>. careful because <laughs> I did that already, you know. Sure. And I used to use the pendulum, you know, I would have uh, spirits moving the pendulum and, and uh, doing all kind of stuff like that. But uh, but I got, I, like, I really, I got possessed, man. It wasn't good. Like, I was going super schizophrenic and, hearing voices and seeing shadow beings and and I couldn't look nobody in the face, you know what I'm saying? So even though I'm open, there's you have to have that, that, that healthy, you know what I'm saying, fear or reverence because there's nothing to play with, you know. Like you said, it's people coming in and they're playing with it and they're getting possessed or they're going uh, schizophrenic or delusional or whatever the case is, and they're all over, you know, all over the place doing it. Absolutely. Well, two things, and I'll let David jump in because I'm sure he has uh, some other approaches. But my the two things that I would that I would highlight is if you remember when you were a kid, if if you played any sports at first, you know your muscles didn't mature, and then they were like, well, you need to buy these sneakers, and then you need to do this, and do you do that? It was like steps that you took to become like the best athlete, and so like the first step would be potentially. Uh, looking at historically that land that you're on, it could be an old burial ground. Like you, you don't know until you kind of look up the, the, the history, the court records, yeah. what have you. And then if you do, then spirit will probably 
put you in a different directions they may actually lead you to the person that you are uh, that you're in contact right now and then the second one is you know since you have your grounding and you know your protection that before you go to bed you make an intention that you want to increase that communication with that person or that entity uh, because I think the problem with most people that get not that this happened to you but most people are are taking their seniority away and so they're saying oh because it's the spirit world they're more powerful than me and what have you whereas you should be seen as an equal so if you go in like a girl and she thinks she can walk all over you of course she's going to do that and so if an energy is like well this person is going to worship me or they want to worship someone yeah. it's actually that law of attraction that's actually happening yep no, I, I so if you agree and um you know, one thing I will say, I do have a um, a um, background uh, in the uh, you know, saying Native American. That's, I'm actually Creek Indian, so and I used to live on the reservation. And when we went and did the the the, uh, the men's meeting or the uh, retreat on Sela Simon, we were actually on the Indian ground when we did that. So um, there was definitely that there. Hey, you're on sacred ground. This is uh, you know, there's been a lot of people who have done this same coming of age ritual. Uh, before you, and you're just you're you're from a long you know what I'm saying line of people who have done this, and it was just beautiful just to be on that same ground, and you start seeing, you know, having visions of of the people who were there before you doing that as well. That was awesome. Absolutely. Now, I wish more cultures did that, where they actually would. Uh, you know, that's kind of a lost art outside of some major religions where you do have that rite of passage. Yeah, we pretty so much, we the, pretty much have college and hazing now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what, we, that's what they've done. Go to college and you know whatever fraternity and all that kind of stuff is there. You know, going through those rituals, I guess. Greek rituals, yes. pretty much Greek stuff, right? Yes, 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 indeed, yes, indeed. Beta, Alpha, um, Beta, Kappa, and all that kind of stuff. Yes, uh, I did listen to one of your other podcasts, a recent one where you were talking about law of attraction with, uh, I think, James Goy. Yes. And so uh, you guys were talking about setting intention for, you know, I want a million dollars or what have you. And we're, I think right now they're in production or it's about to come out. There's this new version of, uh, it's not called The Secret, but I think it's the same people around the burn that did The Secret. And they were showing how in 2006 that came out. Of course, it was a world phenomena. And then all these years, you know, people couldn't really make that happen. And so a lot of people are kind of, you know, what does law of attraction mean to me? Does it work? And I wanted to get your take on the law of attraction. Yeah, um, I definitely believe those principles work. It just as far as just making a goal and keeping it, you know, I try not to. I try not to do it for little petty stuff. I mean, I'm sure you can do it for everything. Like you watch the, you know, you watch, if you watch the secret, they're like highlighting the fact that I always get my parking spot right up front, you know, and stuff like that. The weird thing is, is when I when I watched that is when I was uh, I was coming out of the church, and so there was a, a part of the prosperity movement um, in, in the church, which, which is called the Word of Faith movement, and uh, it's the name it and claim it. It's a prosperity and money cometh now. You might have seen some of the nasty mm -hmm. documentaries and stuff that are out there on that, but it was really weird to watch The Secret because a lot of the stuff they were talking about I had learned in the church and, and a lot of those movements and stuff years before. So it was really weird about, you know, who came up with it first or who embraced it first, you know, um, which I, 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 you know, I'm saying, I understand that those are ancient principles anyway. So I, I kind of look at them 
that's like, uh, you know what I'm saying, universal law and, uh, you know, the, you know what I'm saying, the power of the thought, the power of the, power of the spoken word, the power of intention um, to to make stuff happen. Like, I mean, it should, at the same time, if we're looking at it, something that's, you know what I'm saying, woo-woo and spiritual, and as you thank it, you create it, we can get really deep on that. But then again, I think it, I think all that stuff comes down to being being pretty practical as well. Write your goals down. Look at them every day. Speak them out. Remind yourself. Tell other people. Make those connections. You know, do something taking that step towards that goal, that million dollars, you know. Like, what are you going to do to earn a million dollars? What are you going to do? You know, before you get to a million, you got to get to ten dollars. How are you going to get to ten dollars? How are you going to balance that, invest it, or whatever? So, a lot of it, even though it's deep spiritual retraining the mind and those type of things, um, I, I believe it comes down to being, you know, what I'm saying really, really practical. And so, I've been able to to do music now and uh, and podcasting full time. And I have a wife and daughter. And I, I'm the, I'm, I mean, I'm the, uh, you know, what I'm saying major breadwinner for my family of something that looked like it would never happen. Of uh, you know, I, like I was getting too old, or my dreams have gone. Are you gonna be a 35 year old rapper and all of this kind of stuff, you know? And so, just believing in it and seeing it and, and staying consistent with it, not giving up, as most creatives do. You have this goal, have this vision, you start on it, then you put it down and try a new one because it didn't work as fast. So, just the power of consistency. So, I believe in it, man. I, I believe in it. There's power in the spoken word, and there's power in, in intention and. And uh, you know, what I'm saying practical power, but at the same time, I think I think everything is supernatural. Everything is spiritual too. So, you know, just kind of, you know what I'm saying, retraining the mind, retraining, retraining. You know, you know, what I'm saying, thinking that you're worthy to receive a million dollars. You know, I mean, a lot of people ain't worthy. You know, they're they're content. They don't want nothing more. Everybody's in in a different different spot, but I do see a lot more people pursuing their dreams and kind of writing those goals down and kind of. You know what I'm saying, bringing them into, uh, you know what I'm saying, fruition. And I've done that on the psilocybin encounters. Like, though, that's that was the intention. You know, I have this dream burning within you, but it looks like it's so far away. There's no way I can freaking replace my paycheck by staying at home podcasting or doing music. I, the money doesn't add up, you know. So, uh, mm-hmm. to, 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 you know what I'm saying, really find ways to make it happen and, uh, and to stay on it, stay consistent with it and create it, you know. That's awesome. And the other reason why I brought it up is because Joe Vitale was, was on The Secret, and now he's talking a lot about Ho'oponopono. I didn't know if you're familiar with that. Uh-uh. Yeah, so check check it out, Ho'oponopono. And what he's saying is that, yes, like you were just saying, law of attraction, it definitely works, But uh, and I'm only bringing this up because it's kind of piggybacking on your talk with James Goy. So those that are listening to the podcast, definitely check out Truth Seeker's podcast and check out his Law of Attraction podcast a couple I think it was March seventh. So um yeah, that reason guy was why I bring really it up cool, Yeah, really cool. yeah. Yeah. Well with Ho Onopono, it's saying that yes, you have a relationship with the universe, but sometimes in third dimension you only see what's in front of you. And so your higher self and the and the universe at large, yeah. if you have a relationship with them, they see so much more than you do, you're actually limiting yourself for some of the things that you want. And so through Onopono, they are more so, it's like a four-sentence uh, mantra, and it's opening yourself up to the universe to the greatest good. So you may Hawaiian. say, oh, yes, Hawaiian, yes. Yeah, and he got it from this, um, yeah, uh, Dr. Charles, I forgot, it, Dr. Hui, I believe his name is, 
Uh, he's the one that Joe was introduced to that did it, like, in the 80s or whatever. And it was just the next phase as far as uh, everyone has a story of, you know, and, again, I'm piggybacking off your podcast where you have twenty hindsight 20-20. So if you're, like, I'm open to what's going to happen, things are going to be so much better, whereas you're, like, I got fired and, oh, my, it's the end of the world. And it's, like, no, you just got that setback was a setup for you to get to your next stage in life. Definitely. Yeah, it looks like it's having a lot to do um, with forgiveness is what I another word I see popping up here. Um, is it Dr. Hugh Lin? Is that? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the phrase is, I love you. Well, they, it's shortened, but the way I remember it is, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. Like if you keep yeah. using that mantra, it covers so much, and a lot of that would be clearing out forgiveness for yourself and yeah. others. Yeah. There's something powerful about that, especially when you look into, you know, the 12-step program. You know, I, had a, I had a friend of mine who actually went through that and, and kind of, you know what I'm saying, kind of worked that, and I, I was watching him go through it and then going through my own, you know, spirituality and stuff as well and just seeing how it, like, taught them to, you know what I'm saying, retrain the mind, to pretty much retrain the way you think, and some of the tenets was going and kind of combing over your life to see, you know what I'm saying, if you've ever wronged anyone or stolen or whatever and kind of going and actually making amends to those people, asking for forgiveness and things like that, if you can if you can do it, if you can help it. And it's funny because we're talking about, you know, me stealing from those witchcraft stores and stuff. I went back um, in 2012. We went to and, and did a float tank encounter there at a buddy, buddy of mine's shop, and we, we did uh, some psilocybin as well. But I went back to the uh, the store that I stole books from, and I went up to the cashier and just handed him a bunch of money. He said, what's this for? I said, man, when I was 13, I took a bunch of books from here. You know, I just want to make it right, you know, and it's it's been mm. you know, almost 20 years or so. Wow. Wow, that's mm. huge. So I just yeah, want to pass yeah. some. Pass trying to write those wrongs, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, kind of based on this, the past hour of the, the podcast and listening to you and kind of where you're at and stuff, just wanted to share something with you. I just recently started, and maybe you've heard of this book, maybe you haven't. I just recently started reading a book called The Way of Mastery. You ever heard of that? Um, I'm not sure right off here. I mean, it sounds familiar, but I'm not. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's, something, it's called The Way of Mastery by the uh, Shanti... Crystal Foundation. You can just look okay. that up, Google. And, uh, I don't know. Think of something that you might like. But anyway, I just thought I'd pass that on. I just started reading it. A friend turned me on to it, and it's been a it's great, great book so far. Cool, cool. Have y'all uh, read The Alchemist? I have. Yeah, yeah. I that was a book that did, it, that did it for me too, man. So psilocybin and The Alchemist together is mm-hmm. like a uh, you can't you can't hold it in. You know, it'll it'll change your life. It'll light a fire within you. You know. Have you thought about ever writing any books, or you got a book in you? Yeah, I actually, um, I actually wrote a book, um, and it was like full of these these stories when I was a a Christian or whatever, coming out of the occult. You know, so I talked in went in detail about the whole, um, the whole um elemental spirit that I encountered and then even some of the childhood stuff. There's a lot of dark stories in there, and then it talks about me, you know, getting born again and that whole thing and having demons cast out of me. So I wrote a little book called um, The Testimony of an Ex-Witch. I did a short run on them, 
and um, put it out there. It's on um, it's on Amazon if anybody wants to check it out. At least the uh, the um, PDF and stuff is. Um, but uh, I actually I quit promoting it and quit pushing it, man, because um, there was a lot of deep stuff in there, and I wrote it years ago and just had it published in 2014, actually, and uh, went on vacation with my 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 family, and my mom and and uh, her husband were there, and uh, I wanted my mom to read it because it you know talks about rekindling our relationship and things like that and getting demons cast out of me that were from like this demonic person that was from our relationship, like thinking that my my mom telling me she hates me and telling me that wish I was never born, told me I was an accident, all of these things, and it kind of built up this weird, um, you know what I'm saying, mindset within me which led to demonic oppression. And so I, I go into detail in the book about it, but I was a little bit too candid about uh, some things or whatever. And my mom, we were on we were on vacation in the mountains, and my mom uh, started reading it on vacation with us. And she had a panic attack. Like um, that's the whole thing with this asking for forgiveness. And on the spiritual spiritual path, you'll find out uh, a lot of people suppress their their feelings, their hurt, their guilt. They try to act like it didn't happen, but it's still there. And um, and so all those things, like over the years, I got healing from that stuff. You know, when I was in church and, and doing, we went through deliverance sessions and regression and forgiving them, letting them go, like all of these different phases that we went through, um, you know, with these classes. My mom, and they've never been through that. So when you look at it, she read the book, and, like, that stuff just hit her like a ton of bricks, and she had a panic attack up in the mountains and hyperventilating, couldn't breathe and crying. And, uh, you know, she was just, I felt, I felt really felt like crap, you know, that, uh, that I did that to her up there. And I was like, after that, I was like, man. Because it talked about her having multiple guys come in the house and they would be on the couch, passed out, naked with random. I think I took the, na- the naked part out of the book when I did edit it. But, you know, I, I put some candid stuff in there that I guess I wasn't thinking. I put stuff about my brother and drug use. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, you see all, especially right now, I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Netflix, all the, a lot of movies coming out. And there's always that person in the family who wrote a book about their paranormal encounters, and everybody's pissed at the person who wrote it. And the, and, you know, in 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 the show, there's a couple shows that just came out, and I'm seeing this meme, and so it 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 was kind of hard, man. So uh, I did, I wrote that book, and uh, I don't really promote it anymore because of that, you know. Sure, that makes sense. Words have power. I forgot the name of that TV show that you're talking about. It it just came out. Um, they're a superhero family type of deal. And they had a yeah, one person two, um, so that's the one we're watching now is the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. That Umbrella one and then the, the uh, Hill House haunting, the haunting at Hill House. Ah, uh, um, yes, yes. Same yep. scenario. Have you yep. seen it? I, I saw some of it. It didn't really grab me, but uh, I'm oh, going to check out the Umbrella. Yeah, you got to, bro. Yeah, especially dealing with the paranormal and spirits and the other side. Like, there's some good stuff in there. Healing. Oh. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah, I feel that, you know, we were on a lot of the same wavelengths. We could have multiple conversations, but for this one, we are at the top of the hour. And since you're not going to promote that book, obviously I want to give you some time to talk about your podcast. Are you doing any tour dates for your for your hip-hop? Uh, let our listeners know about that right now. That would be great. Yeah, we have a, um, a um event coming up in um, May May the 3rd and, 4th, 3rd and 4th. I'll be in 
Memphis, Tennessee. We're going to be doing a two-day weekend there, doing a concert and a healing retreat. So uh, that all that information will be up on my website, truthseeker.com. That's the only thing on the books right now as far as traveling goes. But, uh, yep, that and all, all my um, my music and my podcast and all that kind of stuff is found at the website as well, truthseeker.com. Awesome, awesome. You've just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I am David. Truth Seeker, it was a pleasure, man. Let's stay in touch. Hey, man, thank you guys for having me on, and uh, I'd like to return the favor, man. Maybe get you guys on my show. Hey, let yeah, me know. Man. Let us know, man. Yeah, sure. Definitely. We'll make it happen. Before you go, i got to say go Gators. <laughs> <laughs> Roll damn tide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, you guys have a good one. All right, you too, bye.